Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The offside rule, we get it. It's brought to you by Continental Tyres. Hello there, this is episode 25 of the Offside Rule We Get It with a slightly croaky and sniffly Lindsay Hooper joined by Kate Borsay. I'm keeping my distance. <laughs> yeah, do, stay back. Um, Hayley McQueen's kept her distance so much, she's on a flight and she's somewhere exotic right now, having a bit of sun. She's gone to Thailand and I'm so jealous. I hope she brings me back a pad thai. Yes, <laughs> I, I hope she gets all those massages in and there's something like a pound a pop. Um, I loved it over in Thailand just for that reason, just yeah. go and have lots of massages. Uh, I'm sure she'll be very bendy when she gets back. Um, let's talk then about a few things that we're going to discuss today, starting with famous fans. Now, we did this last season. Do you remember? I'm going to test your memory here. Yep, I remember we covered most of the royal family in that episode. Yeah, we found out that Tom Hanks was an Aston Villa yeah. fan. There was all these different people. Uh, well, it's part do. <laughs> Why did you even write part do? okay? Why did you even attempt to write anything or say anything French? Because you're an automatic loser. I know, I know. It's because my French is so bad. Uh, I like you correcting me. That's what it is. <laughs> um, anyway, we're going to go for a... I'm going to go for a slight twist. I don't know what you've got, but we're going to make sure there's no repeats from anyone who mm-hmm. listened to the podcast last year. But there are so many people coming out the woodwork revealing that they like certain football clubs and they're football clubs that you wouldn't expect. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about honesty in football. I thought it was interesting over the weekend that after West Ham and Spurs played and there was that last-minute gasp equaliser, Harry Kane going down in the box, the penalty, the follow-up, uh, two two and, and Sam Allardyce comes out and says actually we've we've not got any anything for being honest this season mm. um, I thought it was interesting that we should now put that wrong right and give some points this is obviously all hypothetically folks but we're going to award about five points to different teams that we think deserve something for being honest or players maybe okay. a player can earn someone some points mm-hmm. uh, so we'll be doing that we'll have Twitter topic of the week with Sean Thorne uh, do you remember what it was this week because my memory's gone to pot yeah, we're going for best goals of the season so far after Coutinho's lovely volley at the weekend. Oh, yeah, of course we are. Um, I even chose that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The female take on football. And we're going to start with a touch of Hollywood because we had our Oscars special last week in the lead up to the Oscars. Um, since Eddie Redmayne and we've had a lot of British success over in Hollywood, uh, we thought we'd continue with that theme post Oscar glory with a footballing slant. At uh, this time, we're going to look back on the weekend of football, Kate, and I want you to give me an example of four different genres, uh, okay? Something up all the weekend's football. I want best thriller, best drama, best romance and best comedy. Uh, of course, if you're listening along, you can play along too. Uh, just a reminder as well that if you go to our website, offsiderallpodcast.com, we actually look back on the whole of the weekend, don't we? And we, we have an article that goes up every week. We do. We have um, team of the week. We have um, five things we learnt from the weekend's uh, action. And we also have a ref review as well. All very popular. There you go. Uh, but what we're going to do is we're going to keep it with these different themes. So I'm going to start, Kate, by asking you, what's your best thriller? And thriller, by the way, is my favourite genre of film. It's also one of my favourite songs to dance to because I was at a 40th birthday this, this weekend and what happens at a 40th birthday? We all pretend that we're 21 again, don't we? It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those landmarks where you're desperate to prove that you've still got it. Were you doing a bit of Michael Jackson? <laughs> I was doing a bit of thriller. Yeah. Uh, my thriller uh, goes to a championship tie. This is Derby versus Sheffield Wednesday. Now, Derby went uh, top of the championship in this thriller. I've 
awarded it the thriller status because there were five goals involved. There was a late penalty from Darren Bent in this game. Lewis McGugan, well, he'd given Sheffield Wednesday a 20th-minute lead. Derby actually came from behind twice in this game. And to add to the drama, so not only the five goals, not only the coming back from behind twice, but also um, Sheffield Wednesday's goalkeeper, Kieran Westwood, sent off for a professional foul. So lots of activity, lots of goals. And uh, the uh, winning position changed several times during that thriller. <laughs> can tell you've been on the old microphone. Um, I'm going to go with a couple of Premier League stories because just because it's made the Premier League thrilling again once more, mm. just as we think Chelsea are running away with the title, they draw with yes. Burnley. Burnley hold them to a draw. Not only that, you had the Ashley Barnes incident. Mm. Um, I think all of those things combined with Manchester City then going on to win 5-0 makes it thrilling at the top of the Premier League. I'm also going to mention what inspired our second topic, which we'll come on to later. The fact that Spurs did manage to get an equaliser in the 96th minute against West Ham. Uh, a London derby, a, a lot of people thinking that Spurs, in a rich vein of form at the moment, although they have got a cluttered um, fixture list, haven't they? What with Europa League as well. Um, but 2-2, Harry Kane going down in the 96th minute in the box. Then it looked like Adrian had saved it. He follows up. Um, the point that Sam Allardyce made, by the way, I sort of agreed with when he said that when the save happened, mm. he feels that the referee should have blown the whistle then mm. and that the follow-up shouldn't have been allowed. I think we were getting on in time and, and there was a, perhaps a point there to be made. Thrilling, nonetheless. And, and that's what we, we love about the Premier League. Well, you certainly do. Shall I move on to another category? Which one do you want to go with next? Let's go for romance, best romance. Aww. All right, well, Ivanovic, he's in love with the back of the net at the moment. They might have only achieved a draw against Burnley, but he's now made it four goals in six games, which is pretty darn good for a defender. So Ivanovic in love with the back of the goal. Uh, West Ham striker Carton Cole, he's in love with Mark Noble. If anyone's seen this little video, Carton Cole actually loaded it up to his um, Twitter account. He's basically filming people as they come into what must be the changing room or something at West Ham. And Mark Noble comes in and doesn't realise that... The that Cole's filming and takes off his top. He's got his little footballer's pants on, jocks on, and uh, he starts then flexing his muscles. So there's a bit of bromance, a bit of brotherhood uh, love going on there at West Ham with Martin Obers. Actually got quite a good body, if, if anyone checks this out. And Is there another bit of romance going on here from your point of view? <laughs> Actually, possibly, maybe. Um, not this weekend, but I want to give this a mention because I just wonder what the hardcore football fans uh, at Sunderland thought about this when their manager, Gus Poirier, um, entertained Spurs and Maurizio Pochettino at the Stadium of Light. And what did both managers do? Well, there's normally kind of a bit of a man hug. There's normally a pat on the back or sort of maybe a quick embrace. Handshake. Yes, a handshake. What do these two do? Full-on kisses. Kisses. Full on the lips. No, but but you know, full on kisses on either on either side of the cheek because of course both managers are South American and it's the done thing over there. But I just wonder what the hardcore of Sunderland thought about all that kissing on the touchline. <laughs> um, my best romance goes to one player only, and I'm going to admit I'm I'm in love right oh. now. This is a best romance from my end. Okay. Because Wolves at the weekend, Kate, we recorded our best win in a very long time, beating Rotherham 5-0. And very quickly, uh, I'm, I'm falling in love uh, with Benica Fobe because he's becoming such a great player for us. Do you know he turned down 17 clubs? This is according to him. He turned down 17 clubs for Wolves, so that already wins me wow. over. Um, and he was so instrumental in that win. I think... 
you know what? At the start of the season, I said to you, didn't I, that I thought we'd finish just outside the playoffs yeah. with him on fire in the team, choosing us, inspiring everyone else around him because it looks like a real team camaraderie mm. there at the moment. I think we might sneak in the playoffs. On to best drama then next. Uh, what have you got? Well, you've already picked this one out. Chelsea Burnley with uh, Nemanja Matic being sent off uh, with 20 minutes to go in that game. Dramatic because, of course, Ashley Barnes had fouled him really, really badly. All sorts of uh, drama created by Jose Mourinho. He appeared in goals on Sunday, actually, and was uh, bemoaning that. And rightly so, I have to say. And, of course, uh, Burnley took advantage of Chelsea being a man down and levelled the scoring on uh, got about 81 minutes or so. So it means that uh, Mourinho's side lose the, lost the chance to go eight points clear of City. City making ground because of that. But yeah, dramatic uh, in the final 20 minutes of that game at Stamford Bridge. Um, this is drama or comedy. Um, Joey Barton, it didn't take him long to show his real colours, did it? He sent off uh, against uh, QPR uh, in that 2-1 game. Um, <laughs> um Sent off for uh, hitting Tom Huddleston. Um, and this is what makes me laugh about journalism, OK? Because if I was going to write about this, I'd just say, well, he gave him what for in his nether regions. But instead, it was very, very politely written when I was uh, reading a couple of match reports at the weekend. He hit Tom Huddleston in a sensitive area. Oh, crown jewels. <laughs> <laughs> I like that sensitive area. Very nice. Um, bit of drama to add on to this as well. Drama. Well, Cardiff's board have created their own drama. They've said there's a, yeah. a game on, uh, and, and as we we record this actually tonight, Wigan play Cardiff, and uh, Cardiff's board member is going to boycott this game because they say that Wigan is um, owned by... Uh, people who make racist uh, comments after Dave Whelan got himself into all sorts of troubles with those not very nice things um, that he said. Uh, given as well that we're doing best drama and EastEnders is in its 30th year of celebrations. Yeah. Did you see the Who Killed Lucy Beale episode? Right, now, I don't watch EastEnders, OK? I went to my sister's house to help her out. She's had a new baby. Um, and she put on the episode before the live ones. It would have been Thursday night. And we found out who killed Lucy Beale, OK? Anyway, the TV was on last night. I was absolutely shattered because I've been finding this piece... And uh, and the TV's on and I can't be bothered to switch it off. I'm kind of half dozing on the sofa. Anyway, I found myself watching EastEnders again. You told me you thought it was through. miserable. That, well, it is miserable, but I found myself watching it the whole way through. So much so that my partner came in and went, oh no, we're not getting into this. Kate, turn it over. You are not getting into this. Well, in that case, when I say that we could introduce the duff, duff, duffs for this section, <laughs> that's why I was bringing EastEnders into it. Um, I want to introduce the duff, duff, duff for Sean Thorne. Is it not dud, dud, dud? It's meant to be duff, 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 I think. Oh, well, I'd say dud. OK. Um, you are a dud. Um, but Sean Thorne, Sean Thorne, who supports Bristol City, listen up, he's got our Twitter topic of the week coming. And he, I know that he'll hear this, but the best drama, he's not going to like this, Bristol City losing 3-2 to Colchester United um, at the weekend. Steve Cottrell, by the way, fuming after this result. They were 3-0 down in the first half, inside half an hour. It's a real shocker for Bristol City. But well done, Colchester. And I love these games where it just suddenly all goes in one direction and then someone fights back. Yes, drama, drama. Doof, doof, doof. Uh, we will go on to best comedy next. Well, my best moment of comedy also came in that Queen's Park Rangers game. I thought it was a nice touch from Charlie Austin when he equalised in that game. Um, he celebrated by limping around the pitch, which was a bit of a reference um, to a move that he was going to make to hold, collapsing over a failed medical. So um, a nice bit of clowning around there from Charlie Austin. <laughs> 
That's really good. Uh, I'm not going to actually um, take credit for this one. This one is Mark Lawrenson. Mark Lawrenson on Match of the Day, if you watched, said that the real joke at the moment is Robin Van Persie. He talked about Robin Van Persie taking the mickey after watching really? the highlights from Swansea versus Manchester United and Swansea doing the double over Manchester United this season in the Premier League. Mm. He doesn't think that Robin Van Persie is putting a shift in. He thinks he's just waiting for his contract to, to run out because it, it's due um, up for renewal really? in the summer, isn't it? Um, I understand what he means. There doesn't seem to be an urgency from Robin Van Persie when you watch him. And you do see Rooney um, running down balls all the time and Van Persie having been in those sorts of positions in the past and buried the ball there is there is that edge missing to him at the moment um I'm gonna say that the jury's out for me but Mark Lawrenson says he's the one to laugh at he's the joke do you not think that's a bit harsh though because he left the game on crutches didn't he so him saying that he's not putting a shift well if he's picked up an injury and he's not been able to put in a shift well surely that's fair enough yeah, I think he was he was generally speaking though over the last few games. I mean, the the last few times that that you've watched Manchester United, I, I feel like it's not just down to Robin van Persie. I think there's a lot of confusion out there with systems and all that sort of thing. By the way, something that I was asked not to ask about in the post match. Otherwise, I would have done when I spoke to Wayne Rooney afterwards. I'd have said, well, you know, would you would you actually benefit from some consistency at the moment? Which I think they would, uh, but of course we were told vetoed. No, you can't say that. But I understand what Mark Lawrenson is trying to get at, but it's it, it's maybe a little bit harsh yes follow us on twitter at offside rule pod and like our page on facebook simply type in the offside rule we get in there's only one of us on to topic two and you're you're a good girl aren't you kate most of the time good good would you get brownie points for for honesty in your life can i tell you what happened a couple of weeks ago i went to the supermarket you know, you get those big packs of loo roll. Yeah. Put them on the hanger on the trolley. I had my baby Arthur with me. It was all a bit hectic. He was sort of making sounds at the checkout. I think he was a bit hungry. Checked all the food in, paid for it all, walked out, got into the car. Uh, the toilet roll hadn't gone through the checker. I'd, I'd basically stolen the toilet roll. And I must admit, please don't shoot me down, but I couldn't be bothered to go back in and pay for it. So I just <gasps> hung back in the car. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Toilet roll gate. Um, well, Sam Allardyce has, has come out in a footballing regard to say that he doesn't think there's any rewards for honesty. He thinks West Ham have been pretty honest this season. They've got nothing for it. They've got no penalties. That came out off the back of, of them drawing two all with that, that late equaliser from Harry Kane. So... I want us to reward some honesty in football. Um, we are going to be given the powers for this podcast only to award five points to teams for different reasons. So I'll kick us off by saying Pablo Zabaleta, who plays for Manchester City and is a defender. So you'd think that has to come under quite a lot of pressure. Um, his disciplinary record this season, he's only picked up one yellow card. I think that's really good. And also he's such an advancing player. I think he's been really integral to what Manchester City were trying to achieve, certainly at the weekend as well in, in fight, that 5-0 victory, mm. that I'm really surprised he's only got one yellow card so far this season. So I'm awarding him... And because of him, Manchester City, five extra points. That makes the title a bit more interesting, doesn't it? It certainly does indeed. Well, here's a bit more romance for you. And a manager credited with his honesty. Manchester United's Louis van Gaal, uh, midfielder Daily Blint, said that he thought that van Gaal's honesty was refreshing and his best quality 
as a manager. Uh, he told Inside United, picked up a quote here, um, I really admire that he's always himself. He's always really honest to everyone about his ideas and what he wants. I think that's a good thing in a person because you know where you stand as a player. That's what I really admire in him. Let's read between the lines here. This either means he's trying to suck up to his manager. We know about the connection between um, Daley Blint and uh, Louis van Gaal going back anyway. Um, but he's either, he's either trying to suck up to his manager or he's basically saying that van Gaal isn't afraid to give the players a good dressing down in his nice, honest way. I should say that's a bit of both, I would have thought, yeah. Now, you look back on behaviour of fans as something that's been quite prevalent, actually, for all the wrong reasons in in the news recently. And I was reading back on police reports, because it's down to the police, isn't it, to offer security on match days. Well, looking back over last season, they, they issued a report and they gave a big thumbs up to Leicester City fans. So I'm suggesting they should be awarded five extra points because of their good behaviour. Apparently only 21 of the club's supporters were arrested home and away last season, which, if you are thinking 21, that's apparently a low figure. Um, If you consider that neighbouring championship sides at the time, Derby County and Forest, 57 and 69 arrests in the course of the same season. Um, So Leicester City, as they got promoted at the end of last season brilliant record just so you know who do you think tops the premier league arrest table chelsea Manchester United. Oh. 112 of its supporters were detained last season. Swansea City had the cleanest record last season in the Premier League, so I'm also going to award them five points with just nine arrests. Jolly good indeed. Well, I'll tell you what, you must have been busy recently sitting and reading a load of police reports. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those long winter nights <laughs> spent, <laughs> spent digesting reports from DCI so-and-so. Yeah, I told you that I'm a bit cut off during the winter. I can't walk along the Thames anymore. Um, Well, here we go. Here's Balotelli, who was awarded for his uh, sincerity and honesty. Now, uh, you may remember he posted a picture of Super Mario on his Instagram and um, uh, put some not great language with it, which which was pretty stupid, really. Um, He normally would have been given kind of a two to three match ban for something like that. But he was very honest about the fact that he didn't realise what he was doing. And he explained that uh, he actually had a Jewish grandmother, I think, if I remember back rightly from the time. And he'd obviously been on the receiving end of quite a bit of racist behaviour himself. But yeah, the FA decided to only ban him for one game rather than the two to three games um, because they considered him to have made a very sincere and honest appeal against uh, this uh, not-so-great Instagram image. There you go. Now, before we move on to topic three, back a step to topic one a second, because we had best genres, didn't we, of of our Hollywood theme, a touch of Hollywood. Um, I'm thinking of best happy ever after, because some breaking news, as we record this podcast, great to see that a Midlands club is holding on to its status as a football club, Hereford United, because it was actually in the throes of them losing their status as a football league club, losing their ground. Well, it's all been announced by Herefordshire Council that they're delighted to announce that Hereford Football Club are the new tenants of the ground that they've been after and they will carry on. So I think that's great news. That's our happy ever after. Well, I hope it's the same for Palmer. I was reading an article um, on the BBC website, which Mina Rizuki was actually commenting on, um, who uh, reports on Syria for us here on the podcast. And it was talking about the situation at Palmer, which I didn't realise, but it's completely dire. Go up and re- go and read about it. If you consider um, what Palmer have achieved in the past and the strength of players and the wonderful talent that's gone through that club and where they are now, they're effectively, I think they've been sold perhaps twice in the last few months or so. Um, it's dire straits there. It really is. 
Well, before we get to topic three, I've just sort of deviated a second. Uh, we need Twitter topic of the week. And what we asked this week was what goal so far do you think has been the best of the season? Got lots of responses. Now, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod. You can get involved every week using the hashtag TTOTW for Twitter topic of the week. We love to hear from you. And it's also all over our website as well, OffsideRulePodcast.com. So go there. Sean Thorne has got all of the latest. Twitter topic of the week. Oh, I just had to bring up the Colchester result, didn't we? But I mean, I mean to be fair, when you're steamrolling through a league with the aplomb and ferocity Bristol City are displaying uh, this season, and I guess you're allowed the odd dodgy half hour. I mean, we almost came back and won that, despite being 3-0 down at half-time. But I digress, still seven points clear of Swindletown, and we're going to Wembley as well. So not all bad over over in the red half of Bristol. Anyway, probably should start talking about what I'm supposed to be uh, talking about now instead of rattling on about Bristol City. Twitter topic of the week. Uh, yeah, goals of the season. Goals of the season, Twitter topic of the week this week. Uh, Coutinho unleashing a worldie last week. So we wanted to hear your contenders for goal of the season. Now, Gary Joynson, big fan of that name. Sounds like a former Yeovil Town manager spoken with a New York accent. Uh, Gary's gone for Phil Jagielka's uh, last minute equaliser against Liverpool. No-brainer. Has to be goal of the season. Massive shout uh, there, Gary. I think I'm in agreement with you uh, on that one. Uh, Aidan Linning has gone for Di Maria versus Leicester. Another huge shout. Absolute beast of a finish there. Uh, Colette Hall has gone for John Gadetti uh, versus Inter Milan. Uh, not only for the goal, but the situation as well. Amazing comeback from Celtic. Huge result for Celtic there and a real statement made in that competition. A couple of you going for Aaron Ramsey's goal. Uh, against Galatasaray, uh, thanks to Lil Simi and Preciana Brown for that. I hope, you've, I hope I've uh, pronounced your name right there, Preciana. And Barry has gone for the goal that started this whole Twitter topic of the week debate, Coutinho. I mean, to be fair, Barry's just said the word Coutinho there. There's no, no other sort of clarification. I'm, I'm not sure if he means the recent one. Or it could be another. He is a man of mystery, is our buzzer. But thank you to everyone who got in touch. We genuinely appreciate every single tweet. Uh, I've been Sean. I will now hand you back to Kate and Lindsay. Thank you very much, Sean. I'm wondering if you'll forgive me for my Bristol City comment earlier in the podcast. <laughs> we'll move on. He's going he's gonna to edit you to sound really dodgy. I know. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, we're talking famous fans. I wonder who's a big famous fan of Bristol City. Maybe Sean can let us know for next week. Uh, in the meantime, myself and Kate have been digging around, finding some different stories. I'm going to start us off and we can just chip in here and here and there no repeats remember from last season because we did a few of these with Hayley McQueen um did you know Jay-Z is an Arsenal fan yes I did actually there you are <laughs> there you are um I'm, I'm gonna throw that one in um the Queen is an Arsenal fan because we did a lot of the Royal Family um I'm doing a lot of Arsenal fans here but we did a lot of the Royal Family last year yeah, we did yeah. we did Prince William Aston Villa blah 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 the Queen Arsenal so I wonder what their conversation's like around the dinner table on Christmas Day <laughs> One has to back the manager, Arsene Wenger. <laughs> Very good. What have you got? I don't think we mentioned it last time. Mike Tyson, controversial figure, supporting Peterborough. <laughs> That's right. Of all the clubs that Mike Tyson wants to back, it's Peterborough. Yeah, there was a, a, a picture circulating around Twitter in, um, I think it was sort of near, near the start of the season last year, but he's in a Peterborough shirt with theposh.com written on it. Uh, and there's Mike Tyson laughing away. Just odd. I've got a slight twist on this. I want, I'm going to get some more from you before I go into it. But you know what? I found a brilliant article. I can't take credit because it was written by John Ashdown for The Guardian. 
But let's take a twist on this and look at actors who support one club, but in their acting career have had to play roles where they support a rival club. Mm. There's loads of examples of this. Um, Let me start off by saying Ricky Tomlinson. We know that he's a famous Liverpool fan, Kate, don't we? From the Royal Family. Um, He played an Everton supporter in The Fix. That couldn't have gone down well, could it? Another Liverpool fan, Jason Isaacs, played an Everton fan. He he played an Everton player, actually, Tony Kay. Perhaps one of my favourite ones, though, in this article is Everton chairman Bill Kenwright, because we know that he's famous for, for writing and his plays and everything, but apparently he played a Liverpool fan in an episode of The Liver Birds. Really? Yeah. And there's a YouTube clip, so there you go. The oh, Liver yeah. Birds. There, they, there he is in the Liverpool kit. Well, I wonder what he thought about having to do that because he's so Everton now, isn't he? But I wonder if he was prepared to uh, make that digression as a you know young and struggling actor. Who knows? I've got more, but you go. Elijah Wood, West Ham fan. I like the name Elijah because my friend's little boy's called Elijah. All right, but aside from that, uh, Elijah Wood, yeah, there's a, there was a picture again knocking around Twitter last year um, of the little Lord of the Rings star kicking a football around in a West Ham shirt. Now, you know, I'm always slightly dubious when these American actors say that they support teams, particularly West Ham, which seems to be that, like, Katy Perry was a West Ham fan. Of course, she was married to Russell Brand, and there was that picture of her in that corset and knickers with the West Ham emblems on her boobage Um, (laughs) uh, so I'm always slightly dubious when it comes to actors who generally get invited by their mates to a game so if he'd been invited by James Corden or Russell Brand for example to a West Ham game they'd be quick to put a West Ham shirt on him and make him do a kickabout wouldn't they yeah they would Um, seeing as I'm going to go down this actors route that have had to play um, rival fans I know that you're giving me a raised eyebrow look occasionally as to are these people famous enough so do you know who Philip Glenister is yes I do who is he then? He's an actor. He was in the uh, the the programme that saw some policemen return to the 70s. What was it called? Life on Mars? Yes. <laughs> Ashes to Ashes? Yes. That man, yes. Um, he apparently supports Arsenal, but was playing a Manchester City fan, Gene Hunt, in Life on Mars. And Ashes to Ashes. So you'll know all about that. Um, any more that I can find here that you would know? Nick Frost. You know who Nick yes, Frost I is. Do. Yes, he was... Uh, He's been in quite a few films. He's been in Dawn of the Dead and a few others. Hot Fuzz. Well, that's yes. that's all links in nicely because he's a West Ham fan. But in Hot Fuzz, he puts on a Bristol Rover shirt. Oh, how could he? Danny Dyer. You know, well, you know yes. he's a West Ham fan, yes. isn't he? West Ham fan. He plays a Chelsea fan in Football Factory. Does he really? Mm. I've got loads of these. I could keep going all day long. And this is all, this is all courtesy of this article. Uh, Ali, Ali McCoist, Rangers legend, isn't he? Yeah. Um, He actually plays the part of Jackie McQuillan, a legendary former Celtic striker. Um, That's in in a TV series. I didn't know he was an actor. He did a couple of things, yeah. Well, as a man man of many trades. Uh, Jackie Chan, well, he's got slight supporter confusion, is what I diagnose him with. He was paid by Arsenal to promote their image in Asia, but was then pictured holding up a Manchester City shirt last year. So Jackie Chan, sort out your allegiances. Do you know that Snoop Dogg wore a QPR shirt at a gig once? Did he? Yeah, he did he? Did. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a great story as well, wasn't there, about Michael Jackson being an honorary board member at Exeter City? Yes, I think he actually was. Um, there's a picture of him in an Exeter shirt, although, of course, famously, Mohammed Al Fayed erected a huge statue to him, didn't he, at Craven Cottage? Yes, yeah, so maybe he wasn't at all to do with Fulham. There should have been the statue outside Exeter. Mohammed Al Fayed got it wrong, didn't he? Well, I should think so, but presumably. 
Al-Fayed knew about uh, Michael Jackson's Exeter allegiances, though why the Exeter allegiances came about, I've no idea. Maybe someone can write in and tell us. Mm. Uh, that is the end of episode 25 of the Offside Rule podcast. Uh, we'll be back next week with Hayley McQueen in tow. Uh, we've got little baby Arthur in now. Just He's been quiet all along, hasn't he? Just started to make a little murmur. Um, he's a Liverpool fan, by the way, isn't he? He certainly is. I haven't got his Liverpool kit yet, but there will be one, no doubt, making an appearance very soon. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, do get in touch. Let us know if you've found any other famous fans and then you can do our research for us for the next time this one comes round. Uh, we'll speak to you next time. The offside rule we get it is brought to you by Continental Tires. Sports Social Podcast Network.